Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Is it going? So starting. Okay. Are we going to have this funky background the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Keely, where did Wait, you where go? did I go? Yeah. You just appeared <laughs> into the background. <laughs> Hello, okay. and welcome back to the Estrogen Power Hour. Woo! It's been a while, um, and while there are two missing faces, currently we do have our very first guest, Bailey Schneider. Woo! So, uh, <laughs> me, Crystal O'Keefe, and the lovely Caitlin. Hi. So, you know, what's new, guys? I'm happy my team's in the ALCS. I'm sorry yours isn't, but that's what's new in my life. <laughs> Thanks for rubbing it in. I'm sorry, I was rooting for you guys. I wouldn't root for you, like, now if you got there, but I was rooting for you to beat Houston. <laughs> True. I'm she rooting was. for you. I'm rooting for you to be Thank Houston you. as well. Thank you. I would love to be Houston. <laughs> so we took a mini hiatus, and we're currently down two members, but don't fret. The band did not actually break up. We're still good. We're intact. Um, but we brought Bailey on today, as she is a beat writer for the Boston Red Sox, who we are now all fans of. Huge <laughs> um, Red Sox fan. <laughs> yeah, big, like, love them. Love Chris Sale. <laughs> yep. There you we go. There's your connection. <laughs> we did not just talk bad about him in the last episode we recorded. Well, all. trust me, I'm not the biggest fan right now. <laughs> so we will let you introduce yourself, tell us where we can find you, all that fun stuff. 
Yeah, so like Crystal said, uh, my name is Bailey Von Schneider. I write for Over the Monster as well as Overtime Heroics. You can find me at Fraulein89 on Twitter. I'm not as big as these people are, but I'm having fun with it. <laughs> um, so that's where I pretty much just like tweet about baseball. It's sort of like I feel like everybody I, f- I follow is like either baseball related or like Chris Evans. So that's pretty much the things that I follow. Um, So uh, everybody that pretty much follows me is baseball related and everything I tweet about is pretty much me ranting about baseball or bad online dates. So that's pretty much my Twitter. We do a lot of live tweeting during games where we too are angry. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then I feel like I, I feel like people are like, like they'll be like, well, you just said that you like hated the team, and I'll be like, I don't hate the team, I hate this inning, you know. <laughs> yeah, we get that a lot too. So yeah. I feel like we can relate a lot on that. It's like, it's like I can be volatile. Yeah, <laughs> just criticizing it doesn't mean it's yeah. tough love. Yeah, absolutely. Complain just for a moment that that inning did not go my way. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and like all the people that are like, oh, I bet you didn't have the Red Sox being in the ALCS. I'm like, you didn't either. (laughs) Nobody did. I had them at best being a wild card team. That's what I said. I said they could potentially be good enough to kind of, and I even thought I was like kind of sneak in there. They ended up getting hold field advantage and being the Yankees, thank God, because I hate a one game playoff. I don't think they should exist in this sport, but thankfully it worked. Like, in my favor of my favorite team, but, um, yeah, so can't believe they're there. I really can't. <laughs> yeah, not going to lie, me too. But also, I was excited for selfish reasons at first because I was like, I'd rather White Sox play you guys than the Yankees. But also, look at you now. Mm-hmm. I want to Sox series. Yeah. Yeah. The joke about calling it the laundry series. <laughs> yeah. That would have been fun. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been awesome. The well, last time was, what, like 2005, and that didn't go in my favor. For you guys, it worked out quite well. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we uh, we played the Astros in, in the World Series that year, so it looks like we're playing a little game of backwards. So yeah, hopefully, weird, right? Yeah. yeah, hopefully it'll work out in your favor this year. I know yes. we're, we're rooting for that right now. Um, so what are you feeling? You kind of talked about this before you started recording, but how do you feel about about your game, your series yeah. with – Astros. I'd love to be completely confident, but I was also not confident at all, even in the wild card, even in against Tampa Bay. So glad we ousted Tampa Bay because is there a more cocky team? Maybe the Astros and Tampa Bay. And I'm like, Tampa Bay, the Astros have at least, it might be tainted, but they've like won something. You have won nothing. <laughs> so like they're just so cocky for literally having won nothing. So beating them was really nice. Um, it's going to be tough. Uh, I think that potentially pitching could match up well enough with with Houston because while they've, you know, like Franco Valdez and like has pitched well against the Red Sox during the regular season, I don't necessarily know. Like, you know, it's different. Like, Kike Hernandez is, like, insane right now. Like, the they're all on, like, all cylinders are clicking right now. So, I feel like our offense can sort of match up, but then again, you really look at the depth of Houston. There's not like an easy out in that lineup. It's, it's crazy. So I think it's going to be like 
potentially like really high scoring. And I think it's going to come down maybe to the bullpens. And I actually, the Red Sox bullpen has been like really performing extremely well this postseason. That's what's kept them in most of these games. So I, I, I'd like to say that the Red Sox are going to win. Uh, this isn't me being negative, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I unfortunately think that Houston might take it in six, but I want, I want, because I don't want Houston going to the World Series again. Five consecutive ALCS is already obscene enough. They're like the Yankees, except the Yankees actually won more than one, you know. <laughs> as much as I hate the Yankees, they at least have a right to be cocky. Like, yeah. they have earned that. But, yeah, the Astros are just annoying. Yeah, or I think the, my big thing with the Astros, it was, like, their response to the cheating scandal. It wasn't, like... Oh, because I think that like AJ Hinch and Alex Cora actually handled it relatively well. They were like, "No, we made we made mistakes. We have to deal with the suspensions, and then when we come back, we hope MLB will accept us with open arms." Versus the players and like being like, "We did nothing wrong. Like, so what? You didn't cheat as well as us, type thing." And I'm just like, "Ah, oh, that is such the wrong attitude to have." So I think it's really their response to the cheating that really irks me out as a fan. Yeah, that's I, – I just hate Jose Asuve with every, like, fiber of my being. But, People yeah, hate I him, yeah. <laughs> you would like to make fun of him because she's so tall. <laughs> I – so I tried to be nice at first, but then other people um, – I, you know, I was inspired by other White Sox fans, so. To make fun of him? <laughs> yeah. He is very short. I feel like 5'6 might even be generous. I do too. He looks uh, he looks like a little a little child out there. Yeah, um, especially standing next to Aaron Judge. Have you seen that? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think I agree with you. You know, not not only the players' response, but I think the past few days, and not even the past few days. Like we had a, a series um, back in, in mid June with Houston, mm-hmm. and their fans are. We have a lot of friends that are their fans, but we also, they are very trash talky, um, yeah. in a way that's not fun and in a way that's like pretty, pretty ridiculous. So, but some of it is fun. So it, it's easy to get dirty with them, I think, and, and go for the, the low blows. So I was doing a lot of that yesterday in my pain and mourning period. It's <laughs> <laughs> just going after the boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, that's the worst. That's the worst thing I think I hate about Yankees fans. Like, is just sometimes they're like, or my favorite is like twenty seven rings. I'm like, what? Most of those were before the sport was integrated, for one. Yeah. And for two, <laughs> you've been alive for how many? Like, I in my lifetime, the Yankees have won a single more championship than the Red Sox have. Like, and, like, the, you have these people being, like, 27 rings, it's history. I'm like, cool, but I don't really care about what happened before or after I die. Yeah. Yeah. Grandpa's history, maybe, not yours. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, uh, you're cool, you have 27 rings. I've seen my team win four times. I literally can't ask for more than that, honestly. Yeah. It's like, oh, like you said, cool, a bunch of only yeah. white guys playing. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it was probably a lot easier then, so congrats to you. (laughs) Obnoxious people. So we wanted to ask, because we we have all shared our how we got into sports moment, but we always like to hear from others kind of like what got you into baseball. What I mean, 
you're probably, you know, a Boston native, but kind of what got you into that sport, that team, just, or even just a special memory that you have, or both, you know? Yeah, yeah, well, if my accent isn't a clue, yes, I am from the, I'm from the area, uh, grew up about eight miles north of Boston, and uh, I, what I love about my story is that it's actually been passed down from the women in my family, the love for baseball. Mine too. <laughs> there. I love it. I love it because my mom cool. is a massive Red Sox fan. And her mother was actually, because my grandmother's old, my mom's older and my grandmother's old. My mom, my grandmother's actually a Boston Braves fan. So Whoa. like, yeah. Awesome. So like we're talking like old. <laughs> like Legacy. Yeah, so, like, and, of course, she had to sort of become a Red Sox fan once, you know, at that point. I think they had gone to, that they had moved to Milwaukee at that point. So, like, um, there's no Braves team, so she sort of had to become a Red Sox fan. And, um, yeah, my mom, I got into it, like, re, like really, I actually got super into it in 2004. I know. Like, I, <laughs> but I've, I've, I've dealt with my fair share of heartbreak, too. 2008 is, like, my personal hell and people are like you don't get to like i love when the men the men will come at me on twitter and be like you don't that's not valid your feelings aren't valid i was like you tell uh 18 year old bailey that her feelings weren't valid that day (laughs) you know it's still painful i don't care if i had already seen two championships like so i hated tampa bay for like the longest time after that I hate you. So, yeah, that's pretty much how I got into it. It's very female-oriented. I love that, like, you know, you get the people that are like, oh, you can't have, like, women can't appreciate sports. I was like, it's so stupid. Like, I don't really – I'm also that person that's like, I'm only baseball, really. I don't really like sports outside of that. And I know, like, some people think that's maybe more weird. I'm like, I don't know. I just grew up in a baseball household. Like, it's what we watch. My dad had to become a fan. Now he's, like, a fan. But, like, before, it'd be, like, from, like, 7 to 10, if you wanted to be around his wife and child, he had to be sitting with us, like, watching <laughs> baseball. My husband jokes. He was like, I – because he was a bigger like, – he's been a White Sox fan his whole life, and he uh, – Certain times is definitely a way bigger White Sox fan than I was because I was a more recent bandwagon jumper, but even when they were terrible. But he jokes, he was like, I would not know what was going on this season if I didn't like read your articles because he was just really checked out this year. And he's like, I just stay up to date because of you. I only watch games when you're around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm also a more recent fan and. Same. Well, I learned about it from I learned about baseball and got into it because of my brother. But in my household, which is only my husband and I and our pets, um, he (laughs) he's been super supportive and like he's learned so much just along with me. And he also got the show and he learned like about our lineup and stuff. Um, But the other night he's a Nebraska football fan and Nebraska lost um, barely. And I was like, don't worry, I was like, uh, you'll get to see me, like, suffer when the White Sox play the Astros, uh, or when they play my team, and he was like, that's our team you're talking about. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> he's adopted it. So I just have a question for both of you. Um, why, like, White Sox more than Cubs, if sort of, like, the Chicago connection? It's a good question. So I was actually raised on the Cubs. Mm. My Aunt Jill, big Cubs fan, and I grew up in Indianapolis. So we got WGN, but we did mm. not get White Sox games. Oh, interesting. And then, so, I mean, that was just 
all I knew were the Cubs. And my aunt actually moved up to Chicago, and I would go visit her, and she was just – she was always really good about how we're going to root for the city. So, Mm -hmm. like, there were still White Sox games that were attended, but, again, I just just knew the Cubs, and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll be here (laughs) in fandom. And then – I had a very public breakup with the Cubs a few years back just because I was like, I can't be the, like, feminist person. I can't, like, care about others. I can't prove, like, you know, anti-racism. Like, I can't do any of that while I'm putting money in the Ricketts' pockets because Mm. they are just big Trump people. They're there for everything I'm against. And I was like, you know what? This team isn't likable. They have Chris Bryant, and that's it. Oof. Like, he's the only person I liked. Oh, my God. So that's why I'm like, go Giants. Oh, me too. I love but that, man. <laughs> I was just to that point where I was like, I don't like this team. This is not, like, who I am as a person. I don't like this identity. Yeah. I don't like – I don't even like the color scheme. <laughs> hey. So my husband finally was just like, come to the dark side. <laughs> and, you know, I kind of joined in on White Sox Twitter, and I started following people, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, they're, like, really welcoming, and they're really cool, and they're really supportive of this move. So I just ultimately picked it up, and I'm a lot happier. There you, hey, I'm glad. It's, it's like I like when people can find a team as well. Like I was obviously like born into it, but I also like when people and like people shouldn't be like, oh, you didn't grow up with this team. It's like, who cares? We we need you. Like we'll accept you. You know? Yeah. And I think most fans have, have been like that. Um, generally, nobody's there have only been a few people, I think, that have said stuff to me. And it's always like. They're almost like teasing, even though sometimes mm. I get annoyed by it because I'm like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, what do you like, know? Yeah, I, I, people get mad at like bandwagon fans, but I, mm-hmm. I think most of them recognize that like fans like Crystal and I were there like all the time um, yeah, with yeah. everybody cheering them on and like, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm sure we will go through our pain and suffering um, times, but mm-hmm. we're pretty hardcore about it right now. So I joined still really sucking so <laughs> yeah when did you uh, then move over yeah at least three about three years now yeah because that's when I got like that bad pit in my stomach as I was leaving my wedding reception of a Sox Cubs game mm-hmm. and we were rolling down the ramp after the Cubs won and I was like I hate these people mm-hmm. like, it was all of these Cubs fans like screaming drunkenly, go Cubs, go. And I was like, I don't want to be a part of this at all. I hate this, actually. I hate this fan base. Mm, well, there you go. I mean, I, I in fairness, I there's a great deal of Red Sox fan base that I cannot stand. So I, I do understand. And unfortunately, being, like, lumped in with with those people is always painful to me. And I'm just like, I'm not – like, I just love my team. I love my city. I'm just like, it's my loyalty to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we kind of yeah. have the the luxury to choose a little bit. Um, I think I grew up in a family that was not a baseball family. Mm-hmm. They were very much a football family and when not football, a basketball family. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, I grew up in Alabama and the only like kind of close MLB team was the Braves and it was like only the Braves. And yeah. Yeah. So it's like 
not growing up around baseball and then not in a baseball family. Um, it took me, I did not even start to like understand baseball until like less than 10 years ago, mm-hmm. um, or respect it even. And then just in the last few years, it's, I think because of my mind, I like, I like analytics, like a big dork. <laughs> and yeah. I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate like just the game in general. And now, it's weird because like football used to be my favorite sport mm-hmm. to watch and now I'm, I get bored watching that. So um, it's kind of crazy how baseball has taken over. It's just like a very, even though people who don't get it yet, like it's just a very rich game. And oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I was kind of like a bandwagon Cubs fan, not like <laughs> super into them. Like I could not have named Many people on the roster at all, but kind of same crystal. Like once the Ricketts were involved, um, and I found out more about them, I was like, I can't do. I don't want to spend money here. And I know it could be like the same with our fan or our team one day, but at least like I will have had a history with the White Sox. That is one I'm proud of. Um, but yeah, I think it's hard and good conscience to be a Cubs fan, especially, you know, I don't, I feel bad for them recently with everything going on. Um, but, but same thing kind of happened to me as, um, what happened to Crystal with one of our Southside Sox colleagues, Tommy. He and I were coworkers and friends and we were talking about baseball and I shared with him, like, I can't, I don't want to be a Cubs fan. I'm just not into it, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, you should check out the White Sox. <laughs> and so, okay. yeah. And so, I mean, pretty much it was like, you're in, you know, Yeah. once you're in, you're in. So I just like never looked back and it's been awesome. That's great. Yeah. yeah. We're a welcoming community, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of ties in. We're kind of skipping over a topic that we can come back to, but we mm-hmm. talked about gatekeeping because we've had mm-hmm. a lot of issues with it in our fan base. We won't <laughs> necessarily name names, but, Mm. you know, celebrities being accosted and accused of not being a fan of the team as they often for the Cubs, even though they are a local and they have always been very clear on how they cheer for both sides and could school the White Sox writer, I guess, about them. (laughs) Mm. Um, Writer guy. Something. (laughs) A white guy. That happens to make content about the White Sox. Uh oh. Um, and it was just really humiliating. And we don't even care to name the um, affiliation he's with because I don't want their minions in my mentions today. Mm. Who was uh, this celebrity though that they were chastising? John Cusack. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> like who? Who the hell cares what John Cusack roots for? Exactly. Nobody does, but like if somebody in 16 Candles like publicly owns you and you upload the video to gain clout, it's it's something. Mm. Oh, I do remember. I do remember seeing this. this yeah, this yeah. did pop yeah. up. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. <laughs> in this whole video, he's like basically battling about who knows more about the White Sox, and it was just completely ridiculous. And I kind of compared it to the gatekeeping that men will do to women. Like what is the assistant coach's blood type? What is the maiden name of the <laughs> mother? 
a no, player no. who won this game. What was the final score in the year 1932? Yeah. Like, it gets yeah. so toxic yeah. for women and even people of color, and it's just yeah. annoying that we can't just enjoy a team and be a fan of the team or even be a casual fan of the team. I could never be a casual baseball fan, but, like, the need to gatekeep something is just mind-boggling to me. So yeah. how do you feel about all of this? Uh, yes. So being um, a woman on dating apps, uh, it's never fun because the the I've gotten well one my favorite was that I got a gentleman I'm not even gonna call him a gentleman because he's not uh, I because I very much say like I love baseball and I I say like my team and his response was f the Red Sox but he didn't just say f he said the full word <laughs> um go Yankees and I was like one do you think I'm gonna give you a like am I gonna <laughs> give you anything sir from this response. <laughs> So I've gotten those, but then I've also gotten the, like you say, like, please tell me, like, who got a bunt hit in Game 7 of the World Series in the year of our Lord, 1932. And I'm like, what? You don't even know that. And, like, don't, why are you coming at my knowledge or my fandom? It's like, I don't know, is this, like... Is there just something in men that's like they they just amazingly think that they're so much better than you at at a sport? And it's like, no, I could definitely know more about the Red Sox than you do. But there definitely has been I at least feel like most of the response that I have on Twitter, thankfully, um, from a good a good deal of men has been positive, which I really like and appreciate because it can definitely go the other way and it has gone the other way in certain I've seen it in your mentions, for sure. Yeah, yeah, so for sure. But then, like, there has been good response, too, which which I like. And, like, some group chats I'm in on Twitter, they're, they're never like, oh, you don't know because you're a woman. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh. Or things like that. It's like, I know my team. I know baseball. I don't know every single intricate aspect of the game because there's just so many rules. And, like, the perfect example was the, the game where it bounced off of – the bullpen hit under Renfro and then the ball went in and it was called a ground rule double. And people are like, that, that took a runaway. It would have been a triple and blah, blah, blah. And maybe Kiermaier even scored. And then I remember there are people being like, oh, Renfro kicked it. I'm like, kicked it? Do you not use, there's physical evidence of it literally him going for it and hitting him and going in. And it's a cut and dry rule. I wasn't super familiar with that rule specifically, but now it's like something that you learn. And it's like, you yeah. learn. You weren't even familiar with that rule either, sir. Like, you know, you think you are, but you're clearly arguing against it, so you don't even know the rule. So, I have definitely had those moments at, like, a bar if I'm wearing, oh my God. you know, a, a, I'll wear a white sock shirt, for example, and <laughs> one of those things, they're like, what do you even know? What do you do? And I'm like, I get paid to write about this sport. Yeah. I think there's a good chance I might know more than you, sir. Yeah, so, I definitely know about it. Yeah, and it's like, I just really don't think it's like, do you think you're going to get anywhere with me with that, sir? Like, that's how I look yeah. at it. So I, I appreciate Especially the men. dating apps. Oh, yeah. my God, it's the worst. I see why you're single, sir. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, my God. And I'm like, what's wrong with me if I'm single, too? Like, Jesus. But I'm not sending men these random messages being like, oh, so you wrote that you like football? Prove it. 
<laughs> we we do this work in such a like male dominated yeah. field. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I know Bailey and I both write for Overtime Heroics. We are the only two women on yeah. that staff. The yeah. only there was one very briefly. I think she was trying to write for the Cardinals or something, but I don't think she ever put anything out. But we're the only two. And yeah. It's a lot different on Southside Sox. They're, I mean, uh, women might actually outnumber the men. That's great. And I do stuff for Say It Again Network at times, too, and I think there's, like, one other woman on that staff, too. And it it can be exhausting because you do feel like you have to hold yourself to a higher standard. I get, like, real. I know I get really bad imposter syndrome mm. when I'm in this, like, group message and it's just guys like throwing random stats out and I'm just I'll pop in and be like hi I just submitted my article can someone edit it please yeah because that's I was like into the chat for a while and then there was just a lot of some anti-semitic stuff going on in there oh boy people not understanding that Kike Hernandez's name without the e accent over the e is yeah extremely <laughs> like um anti-Semitic slur and somebody coming at me and be like, that's your opinion. I was like, excuse me? No, that's a, that is a definitely widely established. Yeah, it's not an wide, opinion. Yeah. At Go all. say that out loud somewhere. Yeah. And see was, how it goes over. I was like, oh my God. So, and they're like, well, he doesn't use the accent. I was like, well, also it's like he's a native Spanish speaker and there's no accent within in in Spanish, so it's like I think there's still a learning curve even for him understanding like in English, like hello, the, like this yeah, is a big problem, you know. That's so, wild. Yeah, also so I, like that is not an excuse for a English native English speaker to say that word. Like there's yeah. a lot ton of words in other languages that are something bad here that don't have the same exactly like, exactly. So I'm always like, like oh dear God. So I pretty much haven't been as forthcoming in that that chat but then there's other chats that i'm in and yeah there's mostly men and sometimes it just becomes like sex stuff and i'm like sometimes i'm into be like talking about sex stuff but sometimes i'm also not into talking about sex stuff in a chat like especially when it's all men (laughs) yeah and so it's weird it's like a weird it's like and i think they like forget that i'm there so then they'll just start doing like the quote-unquote like locker room stuff chat and i'm like oh guys i don't know no 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 sign up for this i'm here for baseball and baseball <laughs> yes yeah also take like take it out of the that's one thing that in our group um that's never really from what i've seen at least a, an issue as far as people chatting also we have a huge group so yeah. There's so many different personalities, um, it, but yeah. it is like just move that over to like a chat somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or even the concept of like you know somebody getting on like a John Cusack. Like, like to me, it's like, don't you want some cool ass celebrities in your fandom? Like, yeah. I get like when I see, even though it was oddly strange that Tom Cruise, even though he didn't really look like himself, was at that. We talked about that in our group chat. It didn't, I didn't think it was him. I, when they, like, literally, because they, they just said Tom Cruise and showed him, and I'm like, that's not Tom Cruise. <laughs> but, it, like, apparently it was, so this is a sad day for me. I don't know what's going on with Tom Cruise's face, but um, still, it's like, let him be there. Who cares if he's there? Like, still kind of weird, because he was, like, with the fans, which I thought was kind of cool. It wasn't even like he was sitting. He was chilling. 
Yeah, he's just like, I'm here. I'm here for the Giants-Dodgers game. So that's kind of cool. But, like, I like there's definitely varying degrees of – and I've been the person that's been, like, well, Ben Affleck is way bigger of a fan than Matt Damon is. And it's like, what is Matt Damon doing? Like, so I've been, like – I've I've been, you know, uh, I've done this, too, I feel like, because I'm like, why is he narrating our, uh, you know, World Series DVD? He's not even that big of a fan. Like, you know, things like that. So I've, I've been guilty, too, I, I guess, to a point. But I still think it's cool. It's like, you know, Jennifer Garner was, like, sitting, like, next to the dugout, just being her bubbly personality, and she's, like, my biggest girl crush. I'm like, I love it. She's, like, in my fandom. I think it's the coolest thing. I don't care if she doesn't know. Cool. Who anybody yeah. is. And they're paying good money to get great seats. They're spending money at the park. They're like, it brings attention to your fan base. They're and giving to so your team. Like, let them give. Why cost them over something and then film it? Or like, write, yeah, write an article about it. Like, I just know you're just trying to get, you're trying to get people talking, which I guess it's, it's, it's working. Even if you're getting like negative publicity, yeah. unfortunately, you know. Uh, yeah, I think that was the thing that was most frustrating about it is it was like at the end of the day, they're still getting publicity for this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, I will say, like, John Cusack did, like, he owned the individual, That's like, awesome. handily. It was God. awesome. Love John um, But he owned I, him, and it was like, that guy's like, like, he's a better representative in that bubble of like, yeah. our fan base than the guy who's over here arguing, like, about gatekeeping him so that was kind of funny too it made me want to go watch high fidelity just to like appreciate him a little bit more oh i watched say anything yesterday but that's also because i just watched that movie all the time anyway good one it's a good one movie (laughs) any of those like 80s cheesy so charming (laughs) i just like to rotate my husband has not seen like any of them i made him watch the breakfast club for the first time a couple years ago and he was like okay it's not just okay we're gonna watch every single john hughes movie now and he was like oh okay do we i'm very much like it i still to this day i'm like in my 30s but like uh even when i write my own stuff i i'm very much like coming of age stories i like eat that up so much so it's like you can give me like really good especially if it's like teen i'm like it give me all the teen drama Inject it. <laughs> I love Pretty Little Liars. I binged it while I was on bed rest with my daughter. And there I was like, this is so time. cheesy, and I hate it. But, oh, my gosh, I'm going to watch it. So then somebody else was like, oh, well, you'd like Gossip Girl then. And I was like, okay, let's watch the Gossip Girl. Let's do it. <laughs> so now I love both of them. It's fine. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. That's cool. Do you you guys want to talk about another big dummy that should think before he tweets? And the definition of syntax, perhaps? (laughs) And he gets paid to write. A lot yeah. of money. He gets yeah. paid a lot of money. Yeah. That's what's kind of hysterical. <laughs> so for those unfamiliar with the tweet from Jeff Passan, he um, made it seem as though we lost Marcelo Zuna to a domestic violence incident, when in reality, he is the cause mm. Of the incident, and it is not a heartwarming story when you think about the Braves' season. Yes, injuries and coming back from those are heartwarming. The White Sox had their fair share of that this year, too. A lot of teams did because I think the shortened season just really knocked a lot of people down. Uh, but, yeah, so a lot of male – Beat writers or just overall writers kind of dismiss this idea of domestic violence and as someone who has endured it, it Mm. is incredibly frustrating. As someone who advocates for it, it is incredibly frustrating. As someone who just donated over $100 for the dollars for dingers with the the Mets ladies over at a pot of their own, it's just one of those things where you see that and you're like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> yeah, I agree. There's just a very, there's a, I would consider it like a minimization of domestic violence um, when it's discussed by primarily male writers um, or commentators or analysts. Um, and it, this kind of made me think about when Ken Rosenthal did that entire um, and he, he shared the work, too, but he did the entire piece about Omar Vizquil and about domestic violence and mm. and everything he did to his wife and then turned around and, and voted him in the Hall of Fame, which I know brings up a bigger discussion about what are they even voting on um, for the Hall of Fame. But that was I mean, it's just it makes your jaw drop a little because it's like dude, they're a criminal. <laughs> and yeah, it's like a domestic thing, but they still beat, like they beat somebody up that is their spouse in their family. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just like shocking to me, just how casually it is dismissed and minimized. And, you know, probably part of why it continues to happen um, because even though people maybe think it's bad, um, using that kind of language around it, it's not only hurtful to people who've experienced it, but also just as part of a bigger cause to stop it and not tolerate it. Um, yeah, there's like no recourse for that. So it's very frustrating. Yeah, I think Major League Baseball just as a whole has a terrible problem with domestic violence of pretty much any sort. It's like we allow you know, or oldest Chapman to make what eighteen million dollars to barely close out games for the Yankees. Like uh so it's just like we, like I, I am a person that believes that like 
sure, you can probably rebuild yourself, become a better person, but I don't necessarily believe that you should be rewarded like in at such a, a such a level. Like you are a professional athlete. Can look up to you. Yes. Or if you are to truly say I am rebuilding myself, take the necessary steps to prove it, to show us, to show that you're becoming a better man, to to give to these charities of the people that you hurt. You know, just do something that shows that you are a better person. Like I think the the one of the most disgusting things now is with Trevor Bauer and like I don't I, I'm really hoping and praying that he does not somehow get let back into the world of baseball. But just the I don't know the 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 kind of person that he is now that he's like relaunching his brand just kind of shows that he is a like he has no remorse and he doesn't care or the the belief that everything that he did he believes was fine and that's a huge problem too yeah like that's that's part of the problem too if he truly 100 percent believes that he did nothing wrong like that is also that is also a major issue that we need to fix but yeah like saying that like oh they overcame so much because they lost marcella suna it's like oh my god I'm, I'm sorry that they lost this, this person that beat his wife. Like, what do, what are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, definitely. If you looked at what he was in 2020, yeah, they lost a big bat, but they also lost somebody whose character is very questionable. Yeah. And they were able to succeed extremely well to the same exact point that they were at last year. You know, they were in the ALCS last year with him and they're in it right now after a full 162 game season again. And it's going to be tough whether or not, you know, they get the, hopefully the giants, but it'll be tough giants or Dodgers for them, even though Atlanta has good pitching, like Atlanta's pitching scares me a bit, (laughs) like you know, Um, but yeah, it's like people need to really think, before they they write or defend people, especially when you just don't understand that there are people that have been going through. There's somebody who's been in a situation that the the young woman was in a Trevor Bauer situation. There's been a wife that has been abused, a girlfriend has been abused, anybody that's been abused. Uh, and so it's like, yeah, you have to really think before you speak or defend. The fact that people still defend these people is wild to me. The- when I hear anyone praising Araldis Chapman, I feel sick to my stomach. And Keelan oh. knows firsthand I had mentioned something because I, I don't even remember what the context was, but I said something to the effect of, well, no, I think I just, like, took a screenshot of the article. Yeah, like, it, was, it was about yeah. uh, Steinbrenner saying people would yeah. forget about yeah. what he did. The people yeah. will forget article. And Steinbrenner said that. Yeah, he was like, yeah. basically, no, people will forget that this incident even happened. <clears throat> and I was like, hi, I will <laughs> never, ever yeah. forget, ever. And yeah. I got attacked for that. Like, oh my god, we had to block and report this guy because he called me a bunch of names, and he was like, nobody cares that you were a victim. And I was like, what? Wow. I have been mentally and physically abused by an intimate partner and it should be out there like because I'm all for the idea of 
making these things known mm-hmm. so that people in that situation don't feel alone, know that there is life after, that it is possible to get out of that situation, or that I'm there to help get out of that situation, you know, because yeah. there's a lot that's happened in my life, like, just involving domestic violence in a lot of different circumstances, and so I try very hard to, like, be an advocate, donate as much as I can, you know, do all of these things, and for someone to come in and be like, I don't care that you were abused, shut up, he's a great relief pitcher and I was like actually he's not though no he's really (laughs) not he nearly blew the world series for the Cubs yeah 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 he's not and Trevor Bauer I'm sorry he might have won that Cy Young award but he's not great either he was also like average before that and a lot of that had to do with like sticky substances (laughs) you know getting that that crazy spin rate and even like people go on say like Oh, before Garrett Cole went to Houston, like, he wasn't an ace. But, like, if you look at the numbers of, like, Bauer versus Cole, you know, when, like, Bauer was, what, like, with the, um, you know, with Cleveland and then, you know, Cole was in Pittsburgh, like, Cole's numbers blew him out of the water. <laughs> like, even then, even when they weren't both at, a, you know, a quote-unquote for Bauer, an elite level. Yeah, and that's why the 2020 season as a whole just so weird to me. Like, yes, of course, you have to hand out these awards, but, like, progression is a real thing. Uh, So you just don't know what would happen over, you know, adding, what, like, 102 more games to a Trevor Bauer season. As much as I love Freddie Freeman, like, what happens if Freddie Freeman plays a a full 162? You you know, like, he proved this year he he wasn't MVP, like, level this year. But, like, again, that's fine. I still think he's a great player. But, yeah, so, like, that's why the the whole, like, 60-game season is just so weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. Super weird. It'll be interesting, like, as time goes on to see, like, the effects of that um, and and how that'll change. I am interested, too, in, like, seeing how how they're going to continue handling sticky substances. Yeah. And how that's going to change stats and everything. And, yeah, and it was a super weird time to start it. Like, if they were going to do that, I wish they would have started it at the beginning of the season yes. to actually, like, measure That's the effects the of things. with it, I think. Yeah. Like, now we'll never know. Sort of kind of, like, springing it upon. So either just let them do whatever they wanted for 2021, start fresh in 2022, or have, yeah, like, say, address it at the beginning, being like, we're going to ban these substances. So, tough, yeah. tough, tough shit. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. And sure. now there's no way, there's no way to, like, Certainly, like measure measure any of the injuries that might have occurred because of it, like pitching injuries or or batting getting hit, you know. Yeah. So because I remember, yeah. um Glasnow came out and said that because um, yeah, that whole situation, and he was just a, like claimed just to be a sunscreen and rosin guy, and I don't necessarily have a problem with sunscreen and rosin because that they have proved that that necessarily doesn't add any spin rate to your your pitches the way that like a like the what the spider tack would but so I'm just like if they get like what is they should be able to grip the ball better like work on something like in Japan they have it's like a natural it's like a tackier ball and it makes it allows them to grip better so like maybe work on something that allows you know a natural tack to to the ball yeah It'll also be interesting because there's always a good chance that they won't play next year. Oh my god, I know. Don't even. I don't and want to think about due to their bodies, especially. 
I know. And then, yeah, especially the whole CBA, like, coming up and all that stuff. So we'll see if there yeah. is a 2021 season, uh, 2022 season. We'll, we'll yeah. find out, yeah. It's going to be a mess no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> I fear what will happen for sure. Oh, my God. But you just get – I like the, the the Red Sox fans that bother me the most are the ones that claim that Bloom is trying to – make the team like Tampa Bay North. And I'm like, well, Tampa Bay North worked great now because we're in the ALCS, but also to believe that he's not going to spend. I think he's trying to be Dodgers 2.0. Like he's Friedman's protege and Friedman just went. Friedman for the first couple of seasons didn't really spend that much. He drafted and developed crazily well. He found Justin Turner on the trash heap. Um, so, like, you know, actually, that actually may not have been him. I think Turner may have been in the Dodgers organization prior to Friedman. But still, it's like um, it's finding these guys to fill out your roster and then, you know, being able to trade for a Mookie Betts because you have the prospects, being able to make the Turner and Scherzer trade that Red Sox fans were, were ridiculous. I was like, you would have no farm system if you tried to do that. It's like, you like Tristan Casas? Goodbye. Like, you know, like, it's just not being able to, like, like a lot of fans not being able to understand what you can and cannot do and not really getting that. It's like, because he hasn't spent, like, he's still, we're still a top five, like, payroll. So I don't know what you're talking about with, like, him not spending. So it's just ridiculous. Just a lot of fans are spoiled. Red Sox fans are spoiled. Very it like to have someone that spends money because <laughs> we don't know that feeling. Yeah, so yeah. At least you, at least you got good value in the sale trade. You know, dead. That, that, that's a that's a trade that can work out in both favors. Like I, for my, for the sake of the future and the money that they have in Chris vested in Chris Sale. I hope that, you know, this is just he'll be back to sort of not 100 percent, but like mostly vintage sale in 2022 for the 30 million dollar a year price tag that's attached to him. And I never thought that Nathan Avaldi would outpitch the contract that Dave Dombrowski gave him, floored by that, that I need him to get a new contract and a pay raise, which is something like I. I'm never like when they signed him to that deal, I was like, you're going to give this guy 17 million dollars a year because he pitched like a couple of good innings in the World Series. Yes, thankful for that, but whoa. And now look at it. He's like, should be in like the top five Cy Young. <laughs> that is wild. Yeah, we have uh, Dallas Keuchel. How much is it? It's like 18 million. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we have him for one more year. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even from being a, a starter to people are like, maybe he's like a like the starter and then he's a reliever and, yeah. and he wasn't even on the playoff roster. Yeah, so. but, yeah. How do you guys feel towards like, you know, um, having to give up like a Nick Madrigal to get like Craig Kimbrell? Oh. Like, see, that's, those are the things that like Red Sox fans wanted. They were like, we're, we'll give up this like stud to bring one. Craig Kimbrell scares the crap out of me. Like, <laughs> Sorry. He does not know how to pitch in the eighth inning. It's like a mental block. And, like, in fairness, like, I think the problem was that you don't – to me, Liam Hendricks should be in the eighth inning if you have Craig Kimbrell. Like, that's just how, like, I look at – I think Liam Hendricks is potentially, like, more of a, like, oh, I'll go to the eighth. And, like I said, I think that's just, like, a weird mental block when it comes to Craig Kimbrell. But, like, that's the example is they went sort of all in 
Yeah. Didn't really have anything to show for it. And like, that to me is always, that's the tricky part, you know? Uh, yeah, I'm honestly, I, I'm not too, I'm not really that concerned about it. I am interested mm-hmm. to hear what Crystal says though, um, because I do think it was like at the time a move to show and to try to be all in. I mean, mm-hmm. in oh. my mind, I am like, yeah, maybe they could have done better, but we also don't spend money. So mm-hmm. it was like, to me, that was what that was showing. I was like, amazed we did it at all, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I, and I am so happy if somebody wants to point out one day that I'm eating my words. I'm not really sad about Madrigal um, because one, even long term, I'm not really sad about it because I think something he would have been gone one day anyway. Um, and I think we already have a lot of talent or could or could get somebody else yeah. um, at some point if we spend money, though. But <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think he would have been with us for long anyway, just based on our, our trajectory of how we hang on to players. Um, but I think, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm not too upset, but we'll see here in like next season or two or three mm. seasons. I mean, we also once had Marcus Simeon. So mm. <laughs> like if we're going to do hindsight on everything like that, yeah, of course. Um, we could point out a lot of people we used to have that would make people go crazy. So touchies. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Fun. I didn't even remember that. So yeah. yeah. Rough. Yeah, I yeah. I don't think that's good. I do not think Madrigal will end up being like oh, I don't think either of those guys. No, yeah, so that's why I'm like eh, whatever. That probably wouldn't make that big of a difference for us. Mm. But sorry. All right, Crystal. No, you're fine. I will say I was a little sad just because I enjoyed watching Nick Madrigal play, and I'm very disappointed in what has. What I have seen of Craig Kimbrell, because I really want to be like, well, where was that Craig Kimbrell that we saw at the beginning of this season even? Why is he not doing that here? But at the same time, Ryan Tapera has been incredible. Mm-hmm. He had a rough two-game start, but at the same time, like, I feel like he got traded, like, mid-game. So what was to be expected from that? But he's been lights out. So for that alone, I'm just like, okay. I mean, yeah. he can come in and he can set the stage and let's just split between Craig and Liam closing the game because I feel like that's how it should be. But at the same time, we paid an astronomical amount for yes. Liam <laughs> Hendricks. So, but I get it. And I just, it's been said before that he's just not mentally adjusting to coming in in the eighth. And yeah. for that, I understand, and I'm a little bit more sympathetic, even if he just infuriates me some days. <laughs> oh, you are speaking. Yeah, oh. but I am, I'm happy because we have Ryan Zampera now. Yeah. He's been great. That's but, it. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. my, my. I didn't care about Cody at all. <laughs> yeah, Craig Kimbrell was, whew, yeah. 2018, I, oh. I was like, this guy, this is the reason why Chris Sale closed out the World Series, because Craig Campbell could not. (laughs) You know? Back to 2018, Lucas Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, what a turnaround he made. Jeez. Yeah. Well, we had a a bunch of, like, interesting bullpen stories this year that were kind of, like, unexpected. Um, So maybe I'm definitely thinking, like, just this year alone, but it's kind of like I'm going with it and, like, Whatever. We'll see what happens. You never know what happens. Like, I would not have expected Ren- Ronaldo Lopez to 
do as well as he did. Um, Aaron Bummer did extremely well. So I, I think oh, he's great. Yeah, it sucks with Craig, but I, I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens with that. They have enough talent in that bullpen. Mm-hmm. That I'm usually pretty confident with it turning over, and I feel like sometimes I preach to the choir when I talk about the yeah. of Michael Kopech in the bullpen. <laughs> yeah, do you think they're going to try him starting next year? What, what do you think? Do you, like, it's so tough because, like, I feel like he could become, like, an elite closer, but he has just such good stuff. But at the same time, he can't be, like, blowing 100 to 102 as a starter. So yeah. you totally have to obviously rein that in or he will blow his arm out. Um, whereas he could be blowing 102 if he's just pitching, like, an inning. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting. That's the part of the sale trade that pretty much the only part of the sale trade that I am like, oh, God, I still wish that we had Michael Kopech, mainly because the Red Sox cannot, hoping it's changed with Tanner Houck, but they cannot develop starting pitching. Like, And it's been specifically starting pitching. The last one that they have developed literally was John Lester. So. Oh yeah, yeah, it's been bad. They because like you know you you draft a a Matt Barnes in the first round and then you put him in you know the minors and he just can't really start. So then he becomes a, a reliever. Uh, so you, they have developed pitching, but just really haven't developed like starting pitching. Like yeah, literally like Lester and Clay Buckles were like the last two people that they've developed. So you re- I'm really hoping that, like, Tanner Houck. But so I was really, I was always excited for, like, Kopech. I was like, oh, damn, this guy's stuff is amazing. Maybe this will be it. Um, because, like, uh, as good as Yohan Moncada is, like, I have Rafael Devers. So I don't, I don't, I don't miss, yeah. I don't miss much. And that's the, that's the brilliant of, like, you can make a, like, fans not understanding what depth really is for a farm system. Like, the thing is, you can make a trade for a Chris Sale by w- being willing to give up a Moncada and a Kopech because you have a Devers behind him and you have yeah. a Tanner Houck. Like, you have the potential of the people that can replace them easily enough while then getting Chris Sale. Yeah. You know, so there's just people. And, like, that was a – yeah, it's a big package to give up, but you're also getting – you know, arguably when healthy, like the best lefty reliever in, in baseball. So you make that trade versus like there were people this this um, trade deadline being like, why aren't the Red Sox going after Jose Barrios? I was like, one, did you see the return? That's like a Chris Sale return and he's not close to being Chris Sale. So that's why you don't make that kind of trade, especially when you're trying to rebuild your system. So, yeah, yeah. have a funny and, story. Uh, was at a Sephora. I was wearing a Michael Kopech shirt with, mm-hmm. you know, my, my White Sox logo on it. And the little cashier, she was wearing, like, a Red Sox lanyard. But she, you know, had watched me walk in. I had my back to her at one point, And I get up to the register, and she was like, I miss him. Suck <laughs> <laughs> it, because I was like, what? And then I realized. Yeah. Look at her lanyard. I realized what shirt I was wearing, and I was like, "Sorry." Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard to like. Chris, like, why when he's healthy? Like that's the thing. It's like so hard to be like upset when you have Chris Sale in a World Championship. Yeah. So like that's how I look at it, especially, and it's like I like when trades can work out for both parties, and this yeah. can be that type of a trade. So like, be happy for both sides, I guess. Yeah. 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 And I I think, again, kind of in retrospect about for us this year, 
with Craig Kimbrell. It's like if we we wouldn't be in any better, likely better place mm-hmm. if that trade had or hadn't happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah. we'll see long term. What and what we'll actually get, if anything, for for Kimbrell, and see how that goes. Because I don't think yeah. we're keeping yeah. him. Yeah, where's Craig, Craig Kimbrell going to end up? Because like, yeah. I, I I don't know. It's he was great in 2017. He was like elite, and then 2018 he's good for like half of the season, and then you know sort of the back half, and then into the playoffs. If Benintendi, who's not really that great of an outfielder, if he doesn't make that incredible catch, thank God. Like, that whole landscape of that ALCS changes. Yeah, it does. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's rough. Well, I think that was a chunk of what we were going to talk about. I would say we could air out White Sox grievances, but we also already kind of did a lot of that. And there's <laughs> with me on Twitter right now. We don't need to <laughs> divulge that. <laughs> we know how we all feel. How do you? My my one question for both of you is: Do you think that the team underachieves because of Tony Larusa, or do you think he wasn't as big of a factor as people believe? I so I don't want to speak for the whole season. I mm-hmm. in the playoffs, obviously, it's hard not to consider mm-hmm. if we had had AJ Hinch, yeah. or Alex Cora playing the Astros, what would have been different with just their knowledge um, about the players um, mm-hmm. and, and the organization. So I think that's really, really difficult not to think about. Um, I, I, I've i said this all along, and I, we said this at the beginning of the season, too, I think just in general, for this team right now not to have gone – not to have won the division and not to have gone the playoffs would have been really weird, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah. Like, and, and the record – was similar into the shortened season with Ricky Renteria with some of the same talent. So Mm -hmm. I feel kind of neutral. Like it's, it's hard to speculate before the playoffs. Um, But the players publicly now seem to be okay with Tony La Russa. Um, I do think he caused a little unnecessary drama. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were a lot of mistakes he made not knowing the rules, so maybe he heard a little, yeah. but I don't know what the alternative is to who we could have gotten that was yeah worse, you know? So, yeah. but yeah, I think for That's the playoffs, nice. it's, it's hard not to think about mm-hmm. him affecting it versus other choices we could have had. Makes yeah. sense. I, I agree. At least leading into postseason baseball, he definitely lost the team a few games mm-hmm. with just poor managing, poor bullpen management, not knowing the rules, you know, just, there were there were things where you can definitely look back and be like, no, that was 100% Tony's fault. Mm-hmm. Even if, you know, mm-hmm. backs weren't awake and the offense sucked, there were still <laughs> moments of that game where you're like, no, that was Tony. That was, that, that's on him. And I will say, going into the postseason, I was really more annoyed with how he managed mm-hmm. the bullpen. The bullpen management was yeah. atrocious. But at the same time, we didn't have a single starting pitcher that made it into four innings. Yeah. Which is yeah. That is, that is yeah. When you were playing a team like the Astros, as cocky as they may be, their history of, you know, some scandal, at the end of the day, they're still a really good team. Of yeah. 
Yeah. And yeah. they will always answer to your one run with three runs. Yeah. And we, uh, we weren't prepared. Yeah. Just the way we went into that whole series was just really poor. And I don't think Tony helped the cause by what he was doing. I mean, we were constantly like, well, where is Kopech? Like, is he alive? <laughs> what is happening? Because why did he not come in and, you know, save game two? Why did he not do this? And it's like, he's there. And then Tony LaRosa made that, he made that comment. He was like, well, we would have started, or we would have put him in if we felt like we were losing. or It was something so stupid. And we're like, but... No, you should just always think you're going to lose and use your yeah. best believer. That's, but that was my problem with Cora in the two games that we thankfully won, one in extras and one on the walk-off, was him just kind of being like, oh, we have a two-run lead. Like, I'm That's not, not enough. I'm not going <laughs> to use uh, Garrett Whitlock. Like, no, I don't need to put my best reliever against the best hitters in the Rays lineup. No, not at all. Totally don't need that. And, like, I do understand that, like, he had, like, using – I don't think that in the game that went to extra innings, using Hansel Robles was maybe necessarily the wrong move because Robles has just been insane. Like, he didn't give up a run for, like, an entire month. But then you always sort of will have that person that even how great they've been – they're going to have that bad outing because they're a human. So he unfortunately yeah. gave up two runs then. But so, so you sort of, but then with the second time, I was like, you're going to get burned in the eighth again. Where is Whitlock? And then like he, they tie it. Then he uses Whitlock for two innings and then we win. But it's like, if you would just use Whitlock already. So like as much as I love Cora, I've been a huge Cora fan since like 2006. I've loved Cora. Um, I think he's an amazing player manager. So I think that like, you know, where maybe Tony La Russa doesn't get the best out of his really impressive roster, Alex Cora can get better out of a less talented roster on paper because of how he is as a manager versus like some of his in-game or his bullpen management might not be the best, but he sort of just really gets the best he can out of the people that are playing for him. Right. Yeah. I agree. I wish we had that. <laughs> Maybe soon <laughs> I don't know. Your owner, like, what, Reinsdorf, he, like, seems to straight up love. Oh, he does. They so, have yeah. And well, no, it'll be interesting. Interested in coming back. Mm. Yeah. It'll be interesting, too, to be like, well, they made it to the – they made they, like, won the division and made it to the playoffs, like, I feel like that's already just going to be like, well, that's better than it was for a while, even though it's like, but look at what we have now. And we're yeah. probably, we're not going to have a lot of the same people. Mm-hmm. So. Look at what our division was. Yeah. I'm like, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, I wish I didn't win our position. division with these people right now. Like, yeah. we've got a problem. Oh, I'm jealous of the NL East and the AL Central. Like, I wish the Red Sox were, because like the Red Sox are in the toughest division. Like, we'll look at you guys, though. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, hopefully you'll you'll be not as embarrassed as we were. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I'm or really not hoping. embarrassed at all. Yeah. yeah. You had a good. Yeah. You did. You know, it's just underperformed a bit, but you. you had a good yeah, they looked. In they the looked future. tired. They looked tired, and there were a lot of stupid mistakes. Like, like Crystal mm-hmm. said, it it wasn't. I, you know, I said my piece about Tony, but it definitely was not all of his fault um, yeah. in the playoffs. It was a group, a group fail. <laughs> yeah. 
just weren't ready for the big show yet. Yeah. It's what it is. Yeah. But better better luck to the Red Sox. Thank and you. We'll definitely Thank be you. pulling for you guys and oh looking God. forward to a good series. I don't know if the Red Sox somehow get into the World Series. One, I in my lifetime, I've never seen them lose the World Series, so I'm always like extra nervous. I'm like, oh my god, like are they're gonna are they gonna have to in my lifetime? And my mom's seen them lose twice, and I was just like, oh my god, what it's like? And she's like, it's not fun. <laughs> so like, there's always, but I feel like in all honesty, if the Red Sox can get past the Astros. I think they should be able to beat any NL team. I, like, don't even care if it's the Dodgers. Like, I don't know. The Astros are just really good. If you can beat the Astros, I feel like you should be able to win the World Series. That's what I said about the White Sox. If they got past the Astros somehow, they would win the World Series. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the that's the good measurement. Whether or not you hate the Astros, I feel like that should be your measurement. Like, the, the Red Sox in 2018, granted, the, the roster is a little better now for the Dodgers, like, but still, like, they should have swept that. If Ian Kinsler doesn't make that error, and there's that 18-inning game, like, the Red Sox sweep that. Like, it was a simple, a cinch to beat them. <laughs> like, it was. So, like, the Dodgers really don't scare me. Um, you know? So, bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> Hell yeah. Corner. <laughs> At least for a little while. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, where can we find you, just in case? Yeah, you can find me uh, uh, on Twitter at Fraulein, F-R-A-U-L-E-I-N, 8-9. So you can follow me there, all that good stuff. Just chat about baseball. I'm very open to every every fandom, really. Me too. We like to have our friends in different, different groups. Oh, always good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us. This yeah, has thank really you. Fun. We'll continue to root for you, and thank we should you. have this up pretty soon ahead of your very big, important series. <sighs> oh, my God, the stress. <laughs> Come yes. this weekend. I'm going to be dead this weekend. I'll just be on my couch dead, doing nothing. <laughs> and then mow you enough money for, like, a bottle of wine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to need the whole thing. You guys see Bailey drunk tweeting it is because I have been mowed her for <laughs> for <a> wine. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you, Bailey. Nope. Yeah. Thank you for listening, everybody. See you later. Bye.